0: Hey, I'm Pastor Rhonda.
1: And I'm Pastor Seth.
0: You're listening to Growing Hope,
1: Living Faith. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We are so glad that you guys are listening in. And uh, man, it's been uh, just a different kind of season here. Yes, uh, we've it's had been a snow cold week. and coldness <laughs> and. I I don't know, uh, you don't like the cold in the snow, do you?
0: I love the snow. I love to watch it, and I I love, you know, I just hate this 33 in, like, cold rain, (laughs) and that's what we usually get. It's awful. So I was looking at the map where where we live, and you can literally see Chattanooga, and it was getting all the snow, and then there was, like, snow below us, and there was a hole (laughs) over Ringgold, (laughs) as always. Did y'all get a lot? No.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard. We got... Quite a bit over where we're at. We live in Rossville, which is, I mean, literally 20 minutes, maybe 15, 20 right. minutes away. And um, yeah, I saw some pictures on Facebook of people who lived in Ringgold, and there was like nothing. Right. And I was like, That
0: was us.
1: <laughs> I went and looked outside, and, and I was like, Man, that's it's so different than, than what you have here. Yes. So. And
0: my daughter lives in Hickson, which is about. 20 to 25 minutes north, north, and they had enough snow to make a good-sized snowman. Really? It was the same size as Brady. He's four, We're, so yeah. yeah.
1: We didn't have that much snow, but uh, kids loved it. They've been out of school a lot, so think they went had a they went they're out wednesday monday wednesday thursday or monday tuesday wednesday they had a two-hour delay on thursday and then a two-hour delay today so it's just been
0: yeah tachnuga schools are still out today they're my out all week yeah driving her crazy yes you
1: know parents are probably ready for them to go back but uh you but know. yeah
0: it got down to seven degrees in ringald yeah in the morning it well, was this, cold. this
1: weekend's supposed to be cold uh cold or mm-hmm. still so uh my daughter Happy birthday, Emory. So she turned six yesterday. And um, so we're having a party this weekend for her. And uh, it's at the zoo. And it's like, oh, oh, goody. I think the high is 25, low of 11 uh, on Saturday. So we're going to be running from building to building and um, trying to stay warm as we go around looking at animals. Um, So, but it'd be fun. It'd be good. (laughs) Whatever it'll be, it'll be what it'll be. So that'd be good. I know we have several kind of national days yes. uh, around us. You've done your research. Yes, so today's my favorite. Uh, let's Today hear it.
0: is National Popcorn Month. It's
1: my kids' favorite, too, so I they love it.
0: popcorn. We bought a popcorn popper. We bought it for the green kids, but we never got around to using it on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those old-timey, old-fashioned ones that has the little spinner, the, you know, the little thing uh, yeah. that, that spins the popcorn around, and it pops in the, in the bowl, and mm-hmm. you flip it over. And so Eric and I... I have had a great time <laughs> with the popcorn popper. We we bought some seasoning and yeah, I love it. I like it a little bit burnt though. No, oh, I can't it doesn't do either. I can't do it.
1: I know. I think I've heard you say that before. Oh, like, oh so I good. Not. It, it smells so bad. And just, I don't
0: like all of it, Brad, uh, but just a little bit. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> no.
0: And then tomorrow is National Cheese Day.
1: Okay, so you could combine the two. Right. Do you like? Do you like flavored popcorn, I do. or do. you more I like just like the, the butter? white
0: cheddar? I, I like it all. I like the, the regular cheddar popcorn and white cheddar.
1: Yeah, I, I eat a lot of the smart food, white cheddar popcorn. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, I guess it's popcorn. I mean, <laughs> it should be popcorn, I guess. So I eat a lot of that just as a try to, as a healthy snack, snack yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 pretty hard to me, you know, when you to, I mean, I know you don't watch movies, so you wouldn't really have this experience a whole lot. <laughs> but, you know, when it's hard to be, popcorn at a movie theater oh yeah like when you go that's what i go for (laughs) are you
0: kidding that's why i'm there
1: so like going and sitting down and watching a movie and having popcorn and you put all that unhealthy butter on top of it my wife she likes to put a bunch of crunch in her popcorn so she'll mix it in so you can have a sweet and a savory and um you know, we've often talked about like if we're going to watch a movie at home. It's like, oh, let's run to the movie theater and get some popcorn and bring it home. Because I <laughs> think you good. can do that. I think yeah. you can do that. I think anybody can go in and just buy the popcorn. Wow, but we haven't done that yet. So. And
0: yeah, my daughter-in-law likes to put racy pieces mm-hmm. like in there or M and M's. Yeah. yeah, I like that too.
1: So, what's your favorite kind of cheese? Since we have a cheese day coming mm. up as well, what's your favorite kind Probably of
0: cheese? Probably boring. Probably just cheddar. I love cheddar. <laughs> cheddar. <laughs> I like gouda too, but I don't. I'm not one of those fancy people with the fancy. Cheese trays and all that
1: yeah. smelly stuff. Mm-mm, no. No. Yeah. uh I mean, you know, I, I'm not very eclectic on my <laughs> cheese taste. <laughs> we like cheese dip. Yeah, there you Let's go. Let's just go to Mexican That's food right. and get cheese dip. <laughs> yeah, we did that this last, uh, obviously, yeah. Sunday. And yeah, so, your kids devour it. Oh, man. It. <laughs> they, they love cheese dip. And um obviously, probably not the greatest for them, but you know, it's good. They'll eat it and, uh, and it's good. And there's one more day.
0: Yes, Sunday is National Hugging Day.
1: Everybody needs a hug. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs a yeah,
0: hug. Yeah, I think that God's created us for this this need of appropriate touch and um, a pat on the back, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's sweet. Yeah, so, so this
1: Sunday, make sure you yeah. go hug somebody.
0: Right in churches should be the place, you know. Used to say yeah. in scripture to greet each other with a holy kiss, and I'm like, Mm-mm, <laughs> but you can give me a hug.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, COVID really kind of I think yes. shut a lot of that down, yes. you know, and uh, I think people are kind of nervous about some of that kind of stuff. But right. uh, get over yourself and give somebody a hug this Sunday. Right. And then the next day and the next day after that. All right. Everybody needs a hug.
0: That's right. And if you don't have a person to hug, get you a puppy. (laughs) Just something.
1: Teddy bear. (laughs) There's Uh, stuff out there for you to be able to hug. So
0: so that's Sunday.
1: Yeah. Which this Sunday you're preaching at Dalton uh, First Church of the Nazarene. So Mm -hmm. um, I know this we give you one day in advance on that, but uh, if you want to come here, Pastor Rhonda. If not, you can always tune in online and uh, hear her preach. But uh, you're going to be preaching these lessonary passages, or at least yes. one of them, uh, this coming up Sunday. And uh, you know, we we just journeyed through them a little bit, but um, you know, coming off the call, these really they're they're pretty prominent, and I think a good, I guess, step forward when it comes to the call.
0: Right, right, and I'm so excited because really. This is what the Bible is all about. This is what Jesus is all about. It's about good news. It's about the gospel. He has a better way for us to live. And it's so exciting. And um just in preparing for the last couple of weeks, I just I keep finding myself in tears, you know, just thinking, man, this is such good news. It's just so good. It sounds too good to be true, but I know it's not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and so
1: uh, what a great thing. And so um, I think you're probably going to be using the gospel passage, so yeah. we're actually going to be looking at a different passage. Um, we're going to focus on the Jonah passage, yes. and uh, I think most people probably know the story of Jonah, um, but, man, it's just such a fascinating Tell or story or whatever you want to say. But you know <laughs> what? Say. I
0: think when you say Jonah, I think most people think, Oh, he's the guy that like got swallowed by the big fish and mm-hmm. got thrown up on the shore and they don't really know all of the circumstances yep. that surrounded that whole scenario.
1: Yeah. Well if you we go back to the original language, he wasn't thrown up on the shore. He was actually <laughs> probably came out the other end. If you
0: oh. <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> Which well, makes sense, I you know. Of a fish. <laughs> That's right.
1: Popcorn, anybody? Cheese. Um, <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> and so, uh, yeah, no, his circumstance, uh, circumstances are are pretty wild. And, um, you know, I think if for all of us, the story of Jonah should give us hope in pursuit of our call. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> Jonah obviously is called and he runs from it, uh, mm-hmm. on a very, very deep level. I mean, he, you, you can't run from it any more than Jonah does mm-hmm. because God calls him one way to the city of Nineveh. And scripture says he got on a boat and he went mm-hmm. the exact opposite. Right. Like it's not like he's like, oh I'm gonna go, you know, cut a corner or a diagonal. Mm-hmm. No, it's like the exact yeah. opposite way. Um, essentially is the way that Jonah decides to go and then like you said obviously he ends up in the belly of a big fish um whatever that is and then uh eventually gets put out and then heads towards Nineveh um, but his attitude through the whole process right. is not the best.
0: Because the reason he gets on the, the wrong boat on purpose is because he doesn't want these people to experience the grace of God. What mm. kind of an attitude is that?
1: Yeah, because they've been bad to his people, right? They've been bad to to Jonah's people. Um.
0: And so, so, yeah, yeah,
1: that's understandable, right?
0: He turns into this grace hoarder, this grace dispenser. And I think we see a lot of that through church history, you know, where people think that we can dispense grace of God to who we want to. That's a whole different sermon.
1: Yeah, we could talk for hours and hours on that. Because as much as it's through church history, man, it's it's hard not to look around today and to see that reality today uh, in the church that we live in. Um, that, uh, Oh man, Lord help us. Um, but you know, I mean, I I think it makes sense. Once again, like I don't, he knows who God is and that's what the, the the kind of story of Jonah talks about. And that's why he doesn't want to go. He says, cause God, I know that you are a forgiving God. Mm -hmm. I know you're a gracious God. And so I don't want to go over there and preach to them because I know who you are. And, um,
0: and I don't want you to forgive them. Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely. They don't deserve
1: it. <laughs> absolutely. And so uh, it's such a cool story. But uh, the, the point where we're picking up today is he's actually now heading towards Nineveh, beginning to preach his right. message. And uh, I'll let you read it. Today.
0: Okay. It's Jonah 3, verses 1 through 5, and verse 10. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it.
1: Jonah knew. Yeah. Jonah Jonah knew. He was correct in his assumption that if the people repented, that God was going to relent. Man. He was right. <laughs> he was right. Nice. I mean, but once again, like, and that's what I love about this story is, yes, the story of Jonah is great, but man, what does this tell us about the God that we serve? Um, what does this tell us about who he is and, mm-hmm. and the reality of the kingdom of God and what he's calling us to do? Uh, and you could say, yeah, well, you know, it, it's obviously all calls, comes to culmination in the reality of Jesus, but God was a gracious God even in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, you know, like it's, it's the same God that has truly has this desire for people to repent and to serve him, to answer the call essentially that he has placed upon their life. And uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's great. But, you know, I'm thankful that we, we serve a persistent God, you know, Mm -hmm. this was says it was the second time essentially. So he's already told him once, Hey, go tell the message, Jonah pouts. And Mm -hmm. uh, obviously doesn't do what he's supposed to do. But then he finally, once again, Jonah relents. Right. <laughs> we have the, kind of this relent, I guess, relenting of from Jonah. And, um, and so he gets up and he goes, you know, this journey. Uh, and Nineveh, think about how big that is. It takes three days to walk from one side of the city mm. all the way over. And so think about the amount of people, right? Like once right. again, the amount of people that Jonah was just okay with God destroying, but he begins to walk, and once he even gets a, a day's journey in, he begins to, to declare that message.
0: Right, and when I read this, I keep I keep thinking about the passage that I'm reading because I see what these people did in Jonah, and it's what Jesus asked the people to do in Mark. But Jesus, or what happens here in Jonah, says that they believed God; they believed that message they they believed, and believe is more than just an intellectual. Like, oh, okay, I, I get you, you know, but it's a trusting, it's a confidence. Like, I I really believe. And then they repented. They turned, and they, they changed. They were willing to change their ways. And in the Mark passage, um, Jesus, there's this transition between John the Baptist's ministry and Jesus's ministry, and, and John's fading out, and Jesus is stepping into the limelight, and that was his first first words. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, the kingdom of God is near, you know, like here it is. The time has been fulfilled and it's a decisive moment in history. And he is saying to the listeners there, repent and believe. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I love about the Jonah passage and the message that he declares is, you know, 40 days, uh, 40 days. And I love this about scripture as well. Um, Now, was there a literal 40 days? Um, You know, lots of times when you look at the number 40 in the Old Testament, it really does relate to this mentality of wilderness, this time of wandering, this time of of searching, of uncertainty, um, right? How many days did it rain when the flood happened? It was 40 days and 40 nights, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How many... Years did the Israelites wander in the wilderness. It was 40 days uh, mm-hmm. or 40 years. Uh, you know, we see it in Jesus, right? How many days was he tempted? 40 days and 40 nights. Essentially, Jesus was tempted. And so, you know, I, the scripture, I think, when we read these things, we have to kind of sometimes understand, you know, I think what the author or, is essentially trying to say. But essentially what he's saying is, hey, you're in the wilderness right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're in all of this uncertainty. There's all of this evil, you've been wondering, you've been searching, you've been trying to understand the reality of what is life all about? Because I think that's a big question that most people really, mm-hmm. you know, kind of begin to journey through. Um, but it's like, hey, you, you've done it, and you've searched in all these places that are essentially are wrong. You've been in the wilderness. You've mm-hmm. been in this this journey. But, hey, the time now is to truly come to the place where you really begin to understand who God is and what God's desires for your life are. Or there is going to be this, this, this time of, of overthrowing. It's, it's, it's going to be done for you. And, um, and that's the message, right? Hey, you've been wondering. You've been in the wilderness. You've been on this journey where you're searching and you don't know which way is up. And you have been turned into all of these things that you think are going to be the ultimate fulfillment in your life. You've turned to all these things um, that have been anything but God. And now is the time. I'm here to essentially declare and to show to you who this God is. And the people have a choice. Right. They mm-hmm. have a choice on how they are going to respond to that. And I, I think the the thing I love about this passage being right here, based off of last week, and it like you said, it parlays even into that gospel passage, is it's the natural progression that we realize that yes, God does call us. Well, what does he call us to? He calls us to people who are in the wilderness, who mm-hmm. don't know which way is up or down, who have been seeking out things Um, and seeking out ways that are anything but the reality of what God is pushing us or calling us to, and the call is that we go into those situations and we go into those circumstances and we make these declarations of who God is and what God's desires are, and that allows people, once again, to have this opportunity to say, yes, I want to connect into the reality of this God and who this God is in this kingdom way. Or, you know what, hey, I don't actually want to do that. And I don't think it's going to be that, oh, man, their destruction is going to be upon them. But to live anything other than the kingdom way and the gospel way – I would say, is a life of destruction.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that. You're going to self-destruct, you know, because we all have the sin problem. We have a disease, and the sin problem is a love problem. You know, that's what we we inherited. Thanks, Adam and Eve, you know. But, I mean, that's where we are. There's two kingdoms. There's there's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. There's no kingdom of in-between, and what— God so graciously wants to do is to rescue us out of that darkness and you know as I've prepared this week I've just been saying who doesn't want that because God's ways are so good and he's so full of love and he's um, his kingdom is one of grace and peace and of justice and and what I love about God's kingdom is that, it is that for everybody. It's not just a select group of people. It's not for the, the rich and famous. It's not for a certain colored skin of people. It's it's yep. for everybody. And I just don't understand why people wouldn't be saying, I'm all in. I, I want in on that. But I think a lot of times is people just don't know. They mm-hmm. don't know how good God is. They've heard rumors and they've seen bad examples and they've They've seen judgment. They've, they've experienced things that are really not of God because people mm. don't understand what God's kingdom is all about. But it's bringing our um God's kingdom. When we live in God's kingdom, it's, it's, we're bringing our value system up under his, and we subject it to his. And again, what is his? What is his rule of life? It's love. Mm. And when we do that, that's when we begin to model this kingdom that's that's coming, that's here, that's going to come to fruition. And we should be so stirred to tell our, our friends and our families about how wonderful the kingdom of God is.
1: It's good. It's so good. <sighs> yeah, th- that last verse really should rock a lot of us, I think, on a pretty deep level. Yeah. Um, because it says when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, essentially God changes his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think that, you know, philosophically, we could go into so many conversations with that. Um, you know, uh, does God know the future? Well, can God change his mind if he knows his future? I mean, there's just so many things right. philosophically and all that that we can have conversations on. And those are questions that are fun to debate, essentially, we don't know, you know it's what I'm saying? Mystery. Like we don't, know. <laughs> yeah, there's some mysteryness within that. Um, but essentially God, and, and the if you go back actually to the original language, it's the same word that the people repent that actually God repents in this moment. Wow. Um, which once again, philosophically and theologically is a very interesting conversation essentially that you could have. Um, and, um, it's it's pretty fascinating that once again, but this is the God that we serve. Like right. God doesn't expect us to do things and to live this kingdom life and for him to be able to like, you know what, that's a great way, but I'm not going to live that out. Like this is beautiful because it does show us, once again, who God is and what God is all about, that he is the God that's not going to hold a grudge. That's not going to, um, hold on to things that he doesn't need to hold on to. He he is the God also that as we are journeying through life and we are going through life, he is in the midst of that. And as we are making decisions, thankfully we have the God that just like us is a part of that. I don't know. I don't He's know if it's really makes heart. sense. Yeah.
0: I mean, and he, it's like the way I kind of think of it, and I could be wrong, but. I just feel like God has such a tender heart for repentance, for a mm-hmm. repentant person, that He can't resist that. Yep. When He hears sincerity, when He hears you know sincere repentance and. And when somebody's really willing to to change their ways, I just think it it gets his heart because his whole heart is is he loves us. He wants a relationship with us. He, I mean, that's the whole reason why he sent Jesus. Yep. And so I think he's just so full of love that that he is so willing to, you know, because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He yeah. I mean, it's everyone for God so loved the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's just a kind of a glimpse of how tender his heart is
1: yeah yeah absolutely i i I wish jonah's story ended different um Mm. because god repents and instead of jonah being thankful and understanding god's love on a much much deeper level he goes and he bouts. Right. <laughs> he bouts. Yeah. <laughs> he gets mad. He gets, and man, I think there is so much that we can learn from that on such a deep, yeah. deep level. Now, does that mean that God loved Jonah less? No, it doesn't. Um, but this should, I think, give us great hope. First off, man, if, if you feel like you have a call and you feel like you've broken away from that call, you feel like maybe God placed a call on your life early on to, to truly proclaim the good news to people. And you haven't maybe lived up to that to the best of your ability. And so now you're struggling because it's like, man, well, what do I do now? Man, Jonah should give you hope, right? Because Mm -hmm. Jonah ran and God still used him, right? Like, I mean, he still used him and and still pushed him and challenged him. So for me, this story gives us great, great, great hope. I think the hope and reality that I have for us is – man, as we are living and experiencing this love and this grace and this mercy and the kingdom of God and this blessing and as we're blessing others, hopefully we can get outside of ourselves to a place that our story doesn't end up like Jonah to where when God is moving and God is working, even if it is our very enemies that God right. is redeeming and reconciling, man, may, may we learn from Jonah and truly have a heart to see you know, and be thankful for that, right? On a right. deep level,
0: yeah. Well, you have to trust God. You have to know that He is the one that that is capable of transforming people to being what mm. they need to be. And when we leave that alone, I mean, you know, that goes into the New Testament about judging other people. But I mean, God is very capable of transforming people. I mean, right. obviously, these people in Nineveh were not nice; mm. <laughs> they they had some issues. I mean, you know, I, I think Jonah was probably justified mm-hmm. in saying. You know, and and he probably just couldn't see, like, God, do you really know how evil these people really, Mm -hmm. really are? And um, but God knows what he's capable of doing with a sincere, repentant person. And he is still the same today. Um, People that we think have no hope and we Mm -hmm. think that, you know, they can never be changed and they're just too, you know, evil. God says, I can transform anyone and we have to trust him with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many conversations, you know, <laughs> that I've had with people in the church and— um, you know, where we feel like we're guaranteed that right of safety, you know, and maybe this is one of the reasons Jonah didn't want to go because he was afraid maybe what they were going to do to him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if they have been violent and they have been mean to his people, well, then what are they going to do to him when he gets there? And it's so easy, like I said, for us to think that we have this right to safety. We have this right to, Mm -hmm. um, not having to push ourselves or challenge ourselves or answer that call, but because if the call calls me to something that's not safe. and it's much, much easier to withdraw from that and to to not follow that or pursue that because, hey, look around, the world's evil. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from people in the church of we can't go because, you know, what if something bad happens or what if they rob me or what if they, you know, like – take my car from me or what if they, yeah, absolutely. They need to hear it all that much more. All right. And that's where I was headed. Sorry. (laughs) Is the first Corinthians passage because the first Corinthians passage is very, very much about this urgency. I think that we're supposed to have that Paul is essentially telling to the Corinthians. Now, once again, it's a different potentially type of urgency than, as most Christians or a lot of Christians are being disowned by their family. A lot of them are being killed. So the sense of urgency I think that we see within this passage really parlays and relays to that. But I think that sense of urgency should still be a thing that definitely pushes us now. How many times have we maybe felt the call of God or felt like God was telling us to do something, and it's been so easy for us to say, I'll just do that tomorrow. I'll do that next week. I'll do that whenever I have more time. I'll do it when the kids are grown and out of the house. I'll do that when I have more money. I'll do that. And so the sense of urgency, I think, is something that is vital for us, especially in the day and age that we live in, in America, where there's truly no sense of urgency, I think, when it comes to this. Um, man, maybe we need to try to regain this sense of urgency and treat every moment, every situation, every person with this sense of urgency. And maybe the realities will be that the world would be a much brighter place if we do this. And uh, let me just read through that passage really fast. This comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in 29, it reads like this. I mean, brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they had none. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning. And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. And those who buy as though though they had no possessions. And those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away.
0: So good. That last part, for the present form of this world is passing away. Um, when we see the, wor- the word world, you know, I think, A lot of times our mind goes to the the blue globe, you know, looking earth with the the trees and the the seas and, you know, all of that. But this is not like the earth. Mm -hmm. This is talking about a world system. This is talking about the world system where we put ourselves first and this humanity reigns kind of thing where we're our own gods. This whole system is Mm -hmm. fading away because a new system is here yep. and it is just coming into fruition and why should we not jump on board mm-hmm. and help god partner with him to usher in this new way of thinking this this upside down kingdom where again grace and, and love rules mm-hmm. and everyone is equal and everyone is loved You know, it's like, I just, we should get excited about the present form is fading away. Hallelujah, because this present form is hurtful, you know, Mm -hmm. and God is going to save us from all of these effects of sin Mm -hmm. that, you know, that we deal with on a daily basis. So it is happening. And just as Jesus said, the time has come, the time is fulfilled. It means that it's not like a chronological time, but it means that that it's a decisive moment in history. So yep. we're we're inching towards that. Of course, that's God's timetable, <laughs> um, but at some point. In the future, there is going to be another decisive moment in Mm. history where this kingdom comes into fruition that he's been preaching about, that we've been excited about, that we've been talking about, you know, for so long. But at some point, it's going to come to fruition.
1: Yeah. I mean, all of those things we talked about several weeks ago, you know, love, joy, peace, um, hope, all of those things are coming down the line. And
0: um, and we should
1: be pushing deeper and deeper and deeper into it and we should not be complacent um as it is coming like we talked like i said we talked about the season of advent that we live now how we expect the reality of that kingdom to look when it comes um that always going to be easy as we always say no it's not like there's going to be toughness to it but man there need there should be this this urgency that as we have experienced redemption reconciliation in our life And our goal and our desire is that all people should experience this redemption and this reconciliation. And God's going to do his part Mm -hmm. of the redemption and the reconciliation. I don't think he has to partner with us, but I think he calls us.
0: Right. I'm thankful that he calls us. us.
1: He invites us to be a part of that. And the question is, is are we going to step into that? Are we going to have this complacency or are we going to have this sense of urgency to live and to do the things that God is calling us to do, and I know, like I said, God's going to do His part. I know if we're faithful to do our part, then God is going to do His part. But the question is, is what are we going to do? What are you going to do with your yeah. call?
0: Are you going to repent and believe? I mean, are yep. you going to turn from your your ideas and your thoughts and your plans and and your dreams and your hopes? Are you going to turn and line those up with His? That's what repentance mm-hmm. is: is lining our our system with God's system and then are we going to believe are we truly going to put our confidence in him
1: so good yeah so good so good Well, we pray and hope that you enjoyed this conversation. We probably could have gone on forever and ever. And like I said, there's so many other just rabbit holes and trails that we could have probably gone down. Uh, But we'll save those for another day.
0: I was thinking you should help me preach on Sunday. We
1: should (laughs) tag you that
0: that message. That would be so much fun because we've been doing this for so long. We finish each other's sentences.
1: That is very, very true. So, uh, Well, man, like I said, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to us, we do have an email. It is uh, growinghopelivingfaith at gmail.com.
0: And we have a Facebook page. It's Growing Hope Living Faith Podcast on Facebook.
1: That is correct. So everybody, go grab yourself some popcorn, eat some cheese, and give somebody a hug. (laughs) And uh, have a great uh, great weekend, a great rest of your weekend. Hope you have a great week next week. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Grace and peace. God bless. And stay warm. Stay warm. Grace and peace. God bless bye bye